Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast here. Father John, Father Nathan Goble, getting adjusted here as we uh, warm up. A little chilly day here in uh, Denver, Colorado. Hello. So the uh, um, we're counting down the days, the hours until the elusive ankle surgery. Hormone therapy. Out. Hormone therapy, whatever it might be. Um, so I'm still here with uh, two functioning ankles, but it's going to be ending very quickly. Your bikini podcast hit the air today. I'm sure it's you know going to end up in CNN or something like that. Yeah, We're going to have to recant publicly in front of the Archbishop. I really hope not. That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. What are we doing today? Lingerie. Oh, we're, we're already on to the topic, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it was funny. Who was I talking to the other day? Um, I was talking to somebody that listens to the podcast, and I mentioned it. Oh, it was, they don't even listen to the podcast. Well, maybe he does. So John Bashorner, I went over to his house for dinner the other day. John Bashorner was at University of Illinois with me. His wife, Debbie, uh, also went to University of Illinois. And so I was mentioning to her uh, that we did this podcast. And I said, yeah, and this was our take on it. And she said like one line. And I was like, ah, crap. I definitely should have consulted women before I started talking about. Because she's like, well, there are different kinds of bikinis. And, and yeah. like, why do you... Uh, oh, because I said, like, you know, like, you, you, you wear bikinis, like, if you want to, you know, tan or, like, do beach sports or whatever. And she's like, why do you need those areas tan? And I was like, um, that's a good question. That is a good question. And I was like, that's really not one that I want to get into. So We, we stay away from certain topics. So... To Debbie Bishorner, who um, she uh, she stumped the sage. Right. Ran into Tracy Dempsey yesterday. Where? At uh, my parish, Queen oh, of Peace. Right. She's the one. She's the one who got the um, Christmas shout out. Christmas shout out. And uh, she recanted of all of her Von Balthazar hating. Really? Yeah. Straight up. Did she burn the book by Alyssa Pitstick in That's front of right. your side? I made her an effigy, actually. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. But I do want to uh, shout out to Jason Wunsch, Father Jason Wunsch, on the road, thinking about him today, because he listens to these podcasts, yep. you know? and he's got a lot of hours on the road. So if you look at a map of Colorado, basically the northwest corner uh, is uh, the entire parish of uh, two priests, Father Geronimo Gonzalez and Father Jason Wunsch, and Jason Wunsch is one of our companion brothers, and we saw him this weekend, made the gigantic mistake of eating. Oh, at a Chinese restaurant yeah. in Craig, Colorado, which will be nameless. I guess there's two of them, but one of them was, let's just say we got back to the house and went, I yeah. took the upstairs bathroom, you took the downstairs one. Yeah. And then we were 20 minutes later. <sighs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> the chills, the whole bit, you know. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. I mean, like, it was kind of sad because the first thing that he brought out was this, like, molten lava bowl <laughs> of hot and sour soup. That had the consistency of, um, like, when you're in the middle of a cold, and not at the beginning of a cold or at the end of a cold, but, like, in the middle of a cold, where, like, your snot is, like, viscous. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. And, I mean, it was, like, motor oil. But it was <laughs> sticky and bad. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I, like, put my spoon in it, and I'm like... Yeah, that's probably been sitting around for a while. So. Yeah, the fact that the food came out like within 30 seconds of our <laughs> order, that was the first. That should have been the first sign of, yeah. wait a second. Well, and I asked the guy, I was like, so do you like the Kung Pao chicken? And he <laughs> yeah. kind of looked at me like, 
uh, no. Uh, and then he proceeded to tell me he didn't. And then to say, the reason why I don't like it is because there are peanuts in it. And I had just ordered Kung Pao with extra peanuts. Extra peanuts. And I thought, that'd be so good. That's so good. Peanuts. Wrong. Now, the Kung Pao was bad. The sesame was bad. But um, our bodies have recovered. We're open. You know, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to our topic today. Moveon.org. Moveon.org. Um, the topic is community. Community. We're kind of going on riffing on themes uh, that are very similar. Um, but this is one uh, that's different, uh, a little different. And uh, I want to talk about what is what is community. That's the question. Because it's one of these words that um, people just kind of toss around all the time. Sure. Oh, we need to build community. We're a parish of small communities. Um, I don't really like the Denver Catholic community. Well, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Hear all these things all the time. It's like, well, what the hell is community? Yeah. That's what we're after today. When you say that we're riffing on themes, I think of 41 by Dave Matthews Band. Oh, yeah. So come like, see. Come swear now playing for Again. my trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, you have 41 that's on the Crash album, and then you have a different 41 that's on, like, the live at Wrigley, like live in Chicago CD. And then there's another one, uh, maybe like live at Red Rocks or something, where they play 41 again. And then somebody else just told us that there's another 41. But all of it's where they just like, they play the same one, but then they kind of improvise. And every person takes like, you know, like three minutes just to um, do their thing. Mike Humbo actually sent me a 30... Six minute version of number forty one by Dave Matthews. Yeah, Band. that's what you're. That's what you with told Bella me Fleck. So yeah. he's got the Bella Fleck and the Fleck tones on the same stage. It was insane, yeah. and it's like two thousand and two. So like, still got the nineties thing. So like, you know, guys have like uh, like white tennis shoes, you know, and uh, it's like, whoa, he's wearing white tennis shoes. Oh, like it was straight on, white it was on YouTube. Yeah, well, on YouTube, and uh, <laughs> it was it's amazing. That song is incredible. So. So we're gonna we're gonna riff on community. We're gonna just riff on it right now. I have the song "What Is Hip." What is hip? You know that song? What is hip? What is hip? Can you tell me, baby? Yep, that's what I got stuck in my head. But that doesn't matter. So, what is community? (laughs) What is community? If somebody asks you that, do you understand why I'm asking this question? First off, like, does it is it just me, or is this one of these words that everybody tosses around and nobody's actually thinking about what it means? Oh, I think I do. I think I have different versions of community versus like in, in when I'm talking about different things. So I don't know if I have a standard definition of community. Well, let's just jump common, into the common unity, common unity. Let's uh, jump into let's riff. Let's riff, man. Okay. <laughs> the topic for today is community. The um, so community. Uh, you know, I love etymologies, and I get, I kind of nerd out on this stuff. So community comes from the French word communité. Community. Community, which is a 14th century word which comes from the Latin communitas. There you go. And communitas in the Latin means? Common unity. Community, that's right. How'd you know? You're so smart. Well, I've always wondered about that because, um, and I think I've said this on the podcast, um, is it co, is it common unus or is it co munus? <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so like so the the working definition of communitas is community, society, fellowship. But the the fundamental thing is common. The word common. Okay. Common. Okay. 
uh, communitas or com- comes from communio, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two words, con and unios, right? So to be with, mm-hmm. to be with. That's what it basically means. So common, commonality doesn't mean like basic or boring, you know? Like right. we're just drinking a common bourbon here. We're talking about what is shared, mm-hmm. right? And koinonia is where the Latin comes from, which is the Greek word for fellowship. Right. Um, um, having all things in common. So like Acts 242. Um, they prayed. They held all things in common. The scriptures. Yeah. Well, like there's like four things, right? Yeah. They held to the to the scriptures, the breaking of the bread, the community, and the but fellowship. The, the, the fellowship is the koinonia, the holding of things in common. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's kind of, and then even with the mass, you know, we talk about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the communion of the Holy, Holy Spirit, same word, mm-hmm. to be with. So koinonia, when you really distill it down, a koinonios actually um, means companion. There you go. Koinonios? Koinonios, like the person. Oh. Koinon, like a person. So yeah, koinonia is community, oh, okay. fellowship. Koinonos means companion. <coughs> so that's what, it, that's what it is. And that's what you are to me. You're my companion on a my journey. My fellow bread eater. Fellow bread eater. You, okay, can we just say once and for all that... People always ask us that. Do we like make our song that we wake up to or when we gather together for our clubhouse meetings? We are companions on the journey. No, we prefer. No. We are called to share our story. We don't do that. We are called to break the bread. The song we usually listen to together is Tupac, Dear Mama. Dear Mama. Okay, so... um <laughs> Now that's going to be stuck. There ain't no woman alive that could take my mama's place. Oh man, Mama made miracles every Thanksgiving. <laughs> so the uh, um, so Sorry. the whole point of this is to say that when you think of community, the first thing that comes to mind is People. commonality, oh. commonality, relationality. Right? When you're saying, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right? And so um, the whole point of this is to say that when we talk about being Christian, what is the difference between Christian community and natural community? Right, because Christian Christianity is supposed to live at the elevated level. I think one of the main problems mm. here is that as Christians, we're trying to cultivate community on a natural level, and then we're kind of getting frustrated and kind of like, what the heck, you know? Okay. And so, um, I got a couple of thoughts here on what does actually Christian community actually look like? Okay. Number one. Number one. <laughs> the loon. Harumph. Harumph. Father Mike is not happy about this. Too late. It is kind of eerie. I know. People call it a werewolf now. <laughs> the werewolf clock. The um, Okay, so I think the, the fundamental thing about being a Christian and entering into community is to say that, yeah, 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 it's good to share things in common. It's good to have commonality. It's good to have fellowship. We need this. It's essential to humanity, right? The experience of community. But the thing, and you said this, we were driving in the car to Craig, and you said the, the fundamental thing at the beginning that we have to realize as Christians when we enter into community is that we do not know how to love. Hmm. And you said that to me. And I thought that's exactly, that's where everything goes wrong right there. If you don't embrace that fundamental thing, if you know how to love each other, if you've got it all figured out and then you try and enter into community together, it's not, it's not an authentically Christian community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, I, I think I said also like, we think we know how to love and we don't. We don't. Um, and I'm not saying that I know how to love. And if everybody just loved just like I lived, then everybody would be easy, <laughs> right? But like 
you know the difference when someone has loved you and when somebody has kind of just like been with you. Right. And even like shared some things with you, but it's not, it's not the same. I don't know. Right. And so that's the key is that uh, for the Christian community is not uh, an end in itself. Right. It's about a means. When I was in high school, you know, I had community with the Lax Bros. This is before there was Lax Bros. Lax Bros. Because Lax Bros now are wearing their like boat shoes and their dress mm-hmm. khaki shorts or whatever. That's not what we wore. We wore lacrosse shorts. And I don't you were know, still following the same culture. Exactly. So you, you were Lax Boys. You just wore different things. Lax Bros. Lax Lovers. <laughs> whatever. We're going to cut it off there. The. Uh, yeah, so th- so we had we shared things in common, a love of lacrosse. We liked being together, but it was an end in itself, right? <coughs> and the difference is with the Christian Sorry. is we actually the thing that unites us and that has to change and focus Christianity is not just natural loves. You always talk about this, and back when you persecuted the companions as a treehouse, what it was based on was this looks like a group of guys who just, they're a bunch of lax bros. They like hanging out together and they like doing their thing. And, um, and that's a lot of times what happens even with priests or Christians. It's like, well, we all are pro-life. So we're friends or we're all, you know, really liberal and whatever. And we're friends. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's not about preferences. It's not about interests. It's not about natural affinity. That's helpful. But community is meant to be a means to learn how to love. And it's the school of Christ and his love that has to formally enter that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, part of what you're saying is, and maybe we've mentioned in the past, but Aristotle's different levels of friendship. So you have friendships of convenience, um, where like you do something for me, like it just so happens that you're an auto mechanic and I'm a tax accountant and I give you my car to get serviced but then you give me the taxes. So like we have a kind of friendship, but it's not like a deep lasting abiding friendship. Right. Um, once the convenience is lost, then it's kind of like, um, well, why are we together? Right. Um, and then what's the second one? Friendship. Of pleasure, utili- pleasure friendship. Oh, pleasure. Utility is the same. I think the first okay, one. good. So then you have pleasure friendships, which I mean, in many ways is like a lot of what um, shallow, I don't know. I don't mean to say that because that's not. There are friendships that are deep in high school or whatever. But many friendships, we we grow in our capacity for friendship as we get older. Yeah. Um. And so even the friendships that we had before, it's just like he's got uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures, and I have like a, an unlimited supply of gushers. So like he brings over his toys. I have the gushers. That kind of sounds like utility. But anyways, we enjoy each other's company. How about pogs, maybe? Or pot, you know, like for that matter. (laughs) I said pogs. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, pogs (laughs) while smoking pot, like, and smells pretty good. Um, So then you just do that, but then once it no longer is fun, you know, and, you know, that can be any kind of relationships. You can have, like, um, uh, guy, girl, like, you know, whatever, romantic friendships that are just pleasure friendships and then once the pleasure drops out it's like why are we doing this so there has to be something more and then that's where aristotle points into friendships of virtue yeah that's actually so we're just riffing right now right (laughs) that was a riff that that was a riff the um whoa fourth and touchdown you are so impressive 
He took a lot of Sudafed before this. Uh, um, no, that was last week. So I think what what we are riffing on this. I got to give a talk on this tomorrow night. That's why I wanted to use this topic to actually kind of figure out because I'm extremely extroverted. And I have a lot of fragments it's right got now. A process. What I like though about what you're saying is that um, if community is a means to friendship, which was my second point, which mm-hmm. we jumped into. Community is a means to friendship. Then the kind of community is going to correspond to the kind of friendship. Huh. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Well, we're just riffing, man. Wait, what was it? Wow! Wow! Wait. So, um, what was the first point? First point was we don't know how to love. Second point, community is a means to friendship. Okay. But the, going back to the first point, I read this line from Thomas Merton. We don't know how to love is the first point. <laughs> And I know, like, Thomas Merton, isn't he bad? You know, wasn't he a Buddhist or whatever? He's got amazing stuff on contemplation. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, early Merton, middle Merton, late, late Merton. Merton. This is, like, early Merton. Seeds of Contemplation is the name of the book. Uh, he said, I can't read my own handwriting again. Shocker. Uh, the root of Christian love is not the will to love, but the faith that one is loved. Hmm. Boom, drop the mic, walk away. The root of Christian love is not the will to love, but it's the faith that one is loved. So the foundation yeah. of Christian life is faith. It's not a bunch of people who are trying to come together to love each other. And I see this. I see this all the time, trying to build community, especially with young people. It's like we're trying to love each other. We're trying to build community. But it has to be built on the fact that we have this experience of faith of being loved by that which is authentic. And that's what actually strengthens me to enter in to the common life, which becomes a means to true friendship, right? Hmm. So we were in, uh, when we were in Steamboat, recovering from the disgusting Chinese place in Craig. Steamboat, Colorado is this amazingly beautiful town. And we were, every month we walk into a place called Backcountry Provisions. Yep. And uh, we struck up a friendship with the guys, you know, kind of a once a month, 20 right. minute friendship. Right. But I, they get excited when we come in. Yep. It's the third Monday at two o'clock. We walk into Backcountry Visions, five priests, and uh, we like seeing the guys. Same guys are always working there. Mm-hmm. You should tell them why we, why they figured out we were priests. Remember? Oh that? yeah. So we walk in, and uh, um, we've been there before, but like now since Jason, Father Jason's up in Craig, like we started a more habitual um, pattern. So then we walk in there the first time, and these guys are having this conversation about whether or not. Um, it's okay for you to get married merely for the purpose of getting a two for one ski pass every year. Yeah. Um, so, so then they're going back and forth on this and then all of a sudden they're like, so what do you think? And they ask us and, uh, excuse me, they axed us. (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, well, you're talking to five priests and they're like, uh, so, so then they didn't really know what to do with it. And I'm like, ah, we're just kidding. What's going on, man? And uh, then we talked, and everything's cool. And then cool. We got, you got your beaded ice. That was Oh, the, my gosh, that, that the... place. Okay, you can write into the podcast on this, because I think this is an important subject, and maybe we should do a podcast on it. But there is a difference in, like, the gradation of ice machines, because you oh, have yeah. the normal ice machine, like McDonald's. It's like, okay, like, flat, ice, whatever. No, no, no. First, you have the refrigerator ice. Yeah, refrigerator ice. That's the worst. With the stuff we're drinking right now? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But then you got like the typical McDonald's ice machine. Right. Little like flake type things. Yeah, but they're a little Squares. bigger. Yeah. And then you have like ones that look like cubes with like a little punch in the middle. Right. I don't even know how they make those. That one's all right. But then like the Mecca of all ice. 
is beaded, is bead beaded ice, ice, or as other people call pearl ice, but it, to me it's bead ice. The place you can find bead ice most frequently, I found, is Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, and like I'll order a large Arnold Palmer and get like extra ice, and I'll just like wear my teeth out, like chomping on that stuff. And then we walk into this place, and then as it turns out, they have bead ice as well. So. When she order Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. I thought it was fish fillet. It is fish fillet. Okay. The, we uh, will not reference that. Song. <laughs> That's about the only lines from Kanye we can quote without offending people. Why are we talking about beat ice? Oh, so these guys. So then they asked, so what why, saying, are you, why are you... Why are you, you priest? Know? We talked to them. So we yeah. had a good time talking to them. But, you know, you think about it, it's like classic, um, we share something in common, right? We love beaded ice and... Um, Sandwiches from backcountry provisions. Pretty much. Right? That's, a, that's a shared love. So we have a little community experience when we walk in there. And that actually is a big deal. When you walk into a coffee shop, right? Stella's, for example, there's certain baristas that know yeah. my order. And it's like, bam, you just got yourself a huge tip. Because it's just, I'm, I feel like I'm home, right? It's an experience of comunita. Yeah. Right? Of community. Oh, now you're too cool to do the French with me. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the... Uh, so, yeah, it's a little experience of community, a little experience of utility friendship, which is that, okay, you give us a great sandwich that we like, we give you money, we're both happy, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So, But it's not going to satisfy. We need to live a deeper thing. And again, it comes back to that deeper level of pleasant, transcending pleasant friendship, pleasant community so that we can actually have it. Now, number three, you ready for this? Sure. I'm losing you here. You're on your phone. What's going on? I'm not. I'm looking up community in French. Comunita. I think it's Communité. Oh, whatever. It's got an E with an accent at the end. Okay. Let's, Community. I want to hear it. Hang on. Okay. It's going to say it. Say Are it you ready? for me. Oh, dang you. Okay. I don't want to speak into the advice. I want you to say it. Okay. So can I continue? Sure. You tell me when you're ready. I want to listen to it. You're not even listening. Try it again. Say it for me. Say it for me. Community. 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 Okay, number three. Ready? Community. <laughs> you ready? Oh, there's a third. I. That's why I wasn't listening. Okay, there's oh, a third point. There's a third point. This is my own thinking on this. Okay, so commitment and vulnerability are the two essential things in community. Number commitment one, and vulnerability. Commitment is like the wood and vulnerability is like the fire, right? You want to start a fire. If all you have is you're just piling on commitments more and more things to do. It's just like loading wood into a fireplace, but not actually starting the fire, right? Yeah. But if it's vulnerability without commitment, people who want to be authentic with each other and be honest and sincere, which happens, but there's actually no structure to the life, and it's just the fire just dies out. That's my opinion. On sure, it. you need to have opportunities to be together. Okay. Got to have opportunities to be together. And one of the, the ways that community is cultivated into friendship, because again, community is just about the common things. Let's get common things together so that the possibility of friendship can happen. Right? Okay. And community provides the space for that. But commitment and vulnerability are what kind of, the, that's what move it into friendship, so to speak. But there's another piece in here that I want to, this is your guy. Wait, this is the fourth point? There's no more fourth point. Okay. I, I, this doesn't Third. make any okay. sense. We're just riffing, man. We're just riffing. So your guy, Michael Casey, great book, yes. Strangers to the City. So I have to thank uh, first Stephen Akers, Stephen yeah. P. Akers, doesn't listen for, to for recommending the book, but more so Nathaniel Deacon. Hines, yes. Deacon Nathaniel Hines. Who's like Bilbo Baggins. 
Yeah, like the closest thing to a hermit in the city that I've ever met in my life. He's wonderful. This is a book on Benedictine values and and life, and it is totally rocking my world. So Strangers Strangers to the City. Yeah. This is a a quote from him. So he says, um, he's talking about John Paul II. John Paul II used to say that leisure is is about uh, a culture of humanization, right? That's how you become Mm -hmm. a human, and community is about making us human again. So this is what he says. And this is about the, the relationship between community, leisure, and humanity. All right. And again, we're just riffing here. We're just riffing. It's crazy. <laughs> to live in communion is genuine dialogue with others is absolutely necessary if man is to remain human. Mm-hmm. Right. A community that prizes leisure is more interested in persons than in the accomplishment of tasks. Community cult, uh, cultivates and brings about more than just subjective meanings. It brings about that which is mysterious. Hmm. And uh, so what he's talking about here is, so if you want your community to lead to friendship and to lead to the thriving of human persons, it has to be about persons, right? Which means the companions, our community, community, cannot just be about doing things, getting things done, Mm -hmm. projects, meetings. I know you're just loving this because it has to be about leisure. Leisure is what humanizes us and culture Culture is tied to community in the sense that it makes us human beings again. It's impossible. Listen to that first part. To live in communion is necessary to remain human. Hmm. It's so good. To live in the midst of others, right, other than the common noise and the general distraction uh, is necessary for the cultivation of our humanity. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. So, so many of us are starved for for community, but we're abstracting it. We're trying to do it on a natural level. So the question is, how do you build community? That's the final thing, and then we'll, we'll shut her down here because uh, we're already going too late. Well, first question, though, because on your third point, you said there's two things necessary, commitment and vulnerability. Yeah. If if marriage is described as the basic, basic human community, yeah. how do you find and build community in that? Um, because so many of the people that we're working with one long for marriage and it's not just once they long for marriage they've exhausted their need for community like in fact like that satisfies for a time but then they want to network and be in relationship with other either married couples or persons right um but what is it about marriage that you can find these two realities yeah i don't know what i don't know i think that the you know the just the, riff on it, man. Just, just riffing, man. Woo! Uh, the preeminent form of community is the common life, and the common life lived mm-hmm. in its fullness is marriage. Now, as priests, we want to live fullness. Well, in it, I mean, literally, you're not. Can you think of a, of a life that's more all-consuming than marriage? You know what I mean? We live the common life. Yeah. We, you and I live a common life together. We'll hang out a lot. We'll drink rusty nails. We'll have lunch together. We'll pray together. Yeah. But we're not going to get in bed together. Be careful what you say. I have no comment. That's the most intimate and the most complete common life. Yes, but I would say that there is a community in religious religious communities that can be deeper than even marriage. That is true. Now, the best marriages are ones that... I mean, it's like they're both... Um, they're both uh, isosceles triangles or something like that. They're both converging into a point 
the ultimate community is in God. Right. So then these participate in something of who God is. Right. So I wouldn't say that that I mean, I don't know if I'm just quibbling. We're just something. riffing, man. I'm just riffing. I'm just riffing. I'm just ribbon on the ribbon and the ribbons. So I, yeah, marriage is good. The 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 common yeah, life but, of a religious order. But I'm saying profoundly. the reason why I brought that up is because the first thing that's necessary in marriage is commitment. Right. You actually get down on one knee and say, "I want you," and I ask you to take me for the rest of your life. Right. Right. So you have an established, separated, even consecrated. Out of the norm, we are going to be for each other. Right. But that in and of itself doesn't make make it perfect. Yeah. Because then you're left with this person, and if the person who has committed to you is not going to be vulnerable, or if they want to be vulnerable without commitment, well, then that's not that's not going to do it. Right. You know? Not to, like, get into a whole conversation on cohabitation and whatever else, but that's part of the reason why it doesn't work. No, I agree. Because you're expressing in whether it's body or emotions or just proximity that I'm committed to you, but but you're not being vulnerable right. or you're being vulnerable without being committed. Yeah. And you need both. That's good. You need both. So, yeah, I think that the uh, regardless of marriage... Riffing. The natural on the natural level, um, or religious life on a supernatural level. The point is that I mean I cannot think of anything more important in the church right now than the need to build and create concrete expressions of communion, community, because that yeah. is the relationality. Right, the word with I think is the most important word in the Christian life, and we're running out of time. And this has been a sloppy co- podcast. Dude, sometimes the God, I've heard, I have heard who was it that was saying that that oh it was Tenacious D, so Tenacious D brothers that make some good music, some really not so good music. Um, yeah, but they what they do is they just turn on the microphones, they just turn on the microphones and just start you know, like playing music, talking to each other, riffing, doing whatever, and then eventually they find what's good and then they send it to print. Right. We so, pretty much just turn on the microphones and give you everything. <laughs> Not a whole lot of editing going on. There's no editing. So anyways, this is about beginning the conversation. If you're tired of hearing the phrase, um, let's build community, or I'm sick of this community, let's start thinking on a deeper level about it. This was a little shot at it uh, tonight, but, uh, you know. All right. Pi- podcast is that good? shout outs. Okay. That's well, all that's I think it. we got to go, man. Um, okay. First thing. I don't want to say that we got um, that we got uh, plagiarized, Uh-oh. but um, so the Denver Catholic Register. I'm not trying to start a war with them, okay? But the Denver Catholic Register just went down to the Denver Catholic. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. Um, so then they renamed it Denver Catholic, and they got a new like the layout, format, whatever else. Did you see the second to the last page? I didn't even open it. They're doing uh, shout outs. <laughs> shout outs. So my guess is uh, somehow uh, we influenced that. I'm not saying. Dave Hazen. I'm just saying. Yeah, Dave Hazen. Dave Hazen. We got you. We got you, Dave. We got you, Dave. We got you good, Rook. I okay. actually, um, 
I I don't have a shout out because I forgot to actually write it down. So this is a, a first shout out here. Um, this is the this guy is getting a shout out just because his name is awesome. All right, Minto Minto forwarded this email and he's like Earl Hanrahan. Close. Oh, Warwick Fortune. Warwick Fortune from Johannesburg, South Africa is listening to this podcast. There you go. That makes us cooler, for sure. Yes. Right? And he knows that the lady that does our intro is from South Africa. That's right. Dr. America Frank. You know Ned Golish, his his friend Kelly. I was supposed to give him a shout out like when we did Theology on Tap. So, okay. The Golish family. You know the Golish family. Dark oh. hair, Italian looking. Okay. Super Catholic. Okay. He's an eye doctor. Okay. No. Kelly, this is... Buddy, thanks for listening. Oh, and then okay. there's a blog called versolalto.ca, right? And this guy named Jimmy Morgan runs it, and he's got one about a sanguine's guide to prayer, which I actually really enjoyed reading. So I told him we'd give him a shout-out again. That's months overdue. So, Jimmy, thanks for listening yeah. as well. Last thing I would say is, given our last podcast um, that we did, well, I guess before bikinis, on vulnerability, um, I did, under John's recommendation, go on and listen to the TED Talk on the power of vulnerability. Right. Um, and I would say, um, do yourself a favor, like carve out 20, 22 minutes, really listen to it. I was extremely impressed. I think it's a great message um, for a lot of people, especially in American culture, um, who want to be perfect and have everything together and control everything. Um, and, you know, like invite... Uh, whatever group you're part of, whether it's a mom's group or just people that get coffee together or, um, you know, the lax bros. Lax uh, bros. I think it speaks to something of what everyone's longing for, but nobody wants to admit, um, which is the capacity to be um, uh, oneself and not one's false self in front of others and allow them to be their true selves in front of them. So thank you, John. Um, and I actually don't know the lady's name. I don't remember her name either, but it really is worth listening. I think it's like Brenda. Um, if somehow somebody knows her and says, you should really listen to this podcast, I guarantee you she's not Catholic. But, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, not that she, maybe she is Catholic. I don't know. Um, but uh, she's probably not listening to this podcast. So if anybody knows her or could stalk her and somehow knows a friend of a friend who happens to know her landlord, you know, tell her what's up for us. I think that's it. That's it. Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com. Father Nathan, send us off with a little number 41. <laughs>